I need to know everything. Who and the what and the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you'd be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk. So I'm letting them talk. Welcome to. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of another Dan Fantasy Podcast. It's Dan Portillo here, and of course, we got Trevor Steinbacher also. Man, it's so good to be back. I'm ready to go through some rankings. I've just been like, I feel like we've been sitting on all this content, all this exciting news to talk about as far as, you know, the NFL offseason goes, what we were predicting from a fantasy standpoint. Um, and, of course, Dynasty really is the first domino to fall for those uh, summer drafts that are going to get kicked off. So, I mean, I'm ready to, to talk quarterbacks, man. What are you thinking? Yeah, it's it's been great. I mean, we we had this whole thing teed up last week. I lose my air conditioning uh, in the heat of the summer, not the right time, especially now with no. babies. So that kind of threw us for a loop. But yeah, definitely happy to be here. Happy to be with you and talking through some some quarterbacks. I, I already see that we have some differences. So um, I like that. You know, I think a lot yeah. of times you and I are on the same page a lot. And so I don't think it's a, a hard differences today, but just seeing a little bit here and there of uh, some guys that are in different spots, I think that'll make for uh, some, some good conversation. And hopefully if you are here with us in the chat, you know, you feel free, jump on into the chat and let us know your thoughts as we run through our top 15. I may have snuck a couple others in there. That's <laughs> the bonus content. Oh yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, I know we're going to talk about some off-season speculation, some news, dynasty QB rankings, and then, yeah, our favorite rookies and some sleepers as well in the QB category for dynasty side of things. Quick shout-out to Bite Size Sports, the presenter here for the show, as always. Um, let's get into some news. So, I mean, starting with Sony Michelle, which I don't think this really makes too big of waves in, uh, in fantasy circles from the running back standpoint. It seems like Cam Akers might be the guy out there to to take the reins, at least to start the season for the Rams. So right. we'll see what Michelle's even able to do. Yeah, it's interesting they bring Michelle back. Uh, you know, they've really been talking up uh, the 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 Cam Cam Akers this year. Yeah, I don't know if it's just trying to. It feels like just yesterday we thought Cam Akers was going to be traded. <laughs> I mean, yeah. last year this whole thing went down and it was just a disaster. For the Rams, but now all of a sudden he's back in. Uh, I don't know. You know, obviously they're grown men. Maybe they have conversations behind closed doors. Things happen. People's mindset changes. Uh, but this seems to be Cam Baker's backfield, and maybe Sony Michelle is just a little bit of insurance. I think it kind of not not necessarily like long term value, but I think it does hurt Zach Evans in a short term frame, like. If yeah. you were expecting to take Zach Evans this year, so he's going to, you know, have a full year if Cam Akers isn't the guy. I think this is more of a, hey, look, if Cam Akers actually isn't the guy, we have Sonny Michelle to do some dirty work for a little while until Zach Evans can get there. So I, I definitely think it's probably more of a knock on Zach Evans, uh, the rookie quarter, rookie running back there in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at the committee, the way that it's going to work out outside of Cam Akers, then Evans definitely is taking the bigger hit. Um, but yeah, I mean, bringing a guy like Michelle, someone who who knows the system, he has 
spent a season with the Rams in the past. So, um, I mean, it makes sense from that standpoint at least. But, yeah, you know, you'd think you'd give some of those younger guys a shot. Yeah, and I think they will eventually, uh, maybe just a little bit of veteran. And, uh, I mean, running backs get hurt a lot, so it doesn't hurt to have That's a little true. bit of depth. It doesn't hurt to have a little depth there. Very uh, true. Let's start DeAndre Hopkins. Gosh, Man. I mean, this has been one of my favorite players to watch since he came in the league. Uh, any opportunity that I've had to draft him on any of my fantasy teams, I've actually never missed the playoffs having him on one of my squads, which is like a nice little feather in the cap, won a Super Bowl with him. So definitely, definitely something a little, he's a little more sentimental value for me. Uh, at this point, he's on the other side of 30, right? We saw what he could do last season, though, in a shortened season. He was on pace for like 1,400 yards, a couple touchdowns. I mean, I don't think he's too far removed from that big first season that he had in Arizona. So, I mean, I like uh, like his potential for whatever team he goes to uh, because we've seen him do it in Houston with like seven different quarterbacks over his tenure. So the fact that he's visited with the teams, the two teams here on our sheet, the Titans and the Patriots, right? That doesn't alarm me necessarily, but I think it does like kind of lower his ceiling a little bit, knowing that those are the two teams that he's met with. Yeah, I, I think a lot, man, I, I would not want him to go to either one of those teams. Maybe the Titans, maybe. Like I could I could potentially see it. Not the Patriots. And and I see where you have Actually, I just thought of it. It's probably Daniel Jones. You have Daniel Jones. Okay. Yes. I was like, at first, I'm like, I see where you have Mac Jones ranked. McCorkle is not on my list. I'm like, wait a minute. That's probably Daniel Jones. Uh, So, anyways, I know where I have Mac Jones listed, and it's way down the list. I I just am not a fan. I don't think Mac Jones is the guy. I I don't think that this Patriots offense is going to be very good at all outside of Ramondre Stevenson this year. And so, if he goes there, I'm going to really struggle wanting to have anything to do with him. The Titans, I could kind of see it a little bit. Like I, I could talk myself into one more year, Ryan Tannehill. They have, you know, Henry still, maybe they're just going to have like one more, you know, go at this thing before they turn it over to all the, the youngsters there in Tennessee. But it's still, it's not, you know, I think I have, you know, we have bad taste in our mouth because Julio Jones went there and he was yeah. not good. But th- this team has the potential to have, you know, wide receiver twos or, you know, a tra- Traylon Burks and then a DeAndre Hopkins right behind him as the, the wide receiver two, maybe a high-end mm-hmm. wide receiver three. But I don't think he's hitting his potential. Not like if he's with the Bills or the Chiefs or some of the early names, early teams that were thrown out there. No, I mean, I can agree with that. There's even been some rumblings of him possibly going back to the Texans, like having conversations with them. And I'm not super in love with that either. I'd say of those three teams, the Titans definitely are a better fit, in my opinion, just because, you know, the way they were able to – A.J. Brown was successful there, right? And that was with that current offensive scheme, most of those pieces in place. I just don't – just looking at DeAndre Hopkins and the teams that he's chosen to visit, that's been kind of a head scratching moment for me because you would think he would want to join up with a contender. And I don't see these guys like these are two fringe playoff teams at the very most. 
when you're looking at the AFC top to bottom, I mean, I mean, this is probably like Titans are sitting probably top nine and you put probably put Patriots at the 12 spot, 11 spot. (laughs) So, so, I mean, if you're doing a power rank in the AFC, so that's the head scratching part for me. It could be a leverage move where he's trying to get more money out of one of these other teams. But um, from a fantasy perspective, especially when you're talking like dynasty, he could be a guy that you grab super late and just take a flyer on, right? Maybe you're not super sold on some of the other players that are available. Um, But in redrafts, I feel like he, he holds like maybe round five, round six type of value. Um, So, I mean, if I, if I see him in those positions, I haven't done too many mocks yet. Uh, So, you know, once we get closer to the, to the actual start of the season, that'll come out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he he still has it in him as far as, you know, the ability to put up the numbers. It's just a matter of getting in the right situation. And the Patriots have a crowded room in receiver. Tyquan Thornton, um, not Jacoby Myers, but Juju Smith-Schuster. That's the one I was thinking of. Uh, Devontae Parker, amongst some other names there. So, I mean, there's a lot of competition for targets. Yeah, I'm not really interested in in him for dynasty-wise. You know, maybe – if you get a buy low just to help your championship run or something like that. Uh, but in redraft right now on underdog, he's uh, going at pick 40 is his ADP. So early fourth round um, is where he's going on underdog right now. And that's without a team. I assume once he lands mm-hmm. on the team, especially if it lands with a good team, he'll probably shoot up the draft boards, maybe get into the mid third round. Now on underdog wide receivers are definitely being moved up the board in your you know, home league, redraft league, his ADP is not going to be that high. People are going right. to be scared of him, not really want to jump on board with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins with the injury last year. I did take a look. He played nine games last year. He was a top nine points per, per game wide receiver still. Yep. Uh, Cooper Cup played nine games. He's, you know, number one. So it's obviously a smaller sample size than the rest of the league had. But still, again, a top ten points per game throughout through the first nine games of the of the season. So to your point of he's still got it. Like it seems like he's still got it now. Does the injury slow him down? That will still be left to see. And then for my perspective on like where he actually lands, I heard that he wasn't making a, a decision until mid to late July. So that's interesting uh, because, you know, these teams are like, oh, he's not leaving this. He's not leaving Foxborough without a <laughs> contract and, like, I think that's just the teams kind of talking it up a little bit more. It seems like he really wants to do his due diligence and take his time. And I yeah. think ultimately it comes down to, do you want the money or do you want a chance at a championship? Right. And that's why he's going to, if he wants the money, he can go to places like new England or Tennessee because they might have a little bit more cap space. The bills don't really have a lot of cap space. The Chiefs don't really have a lot of cap space, but they have more cap space than the Bills have, which is ironic. Uh, you know, so it's just those two teams obviously give him a chance at a championship. Titans, Patriots, and what other uh, other teams he wants to look at? You know, Houston, that's going to be a money grab, which is fine. He deserves to be paid. I mean, he's been a, a great wide receiver for many years. Uh, and then the one thing I'd say is just don't count out the Browns, right? A re- reuniting with uh, Deshaun Watson in Cleveland in a – Pretty wide open wide receiver room outside of Amari Cooper. DeAndre Hopkins could slide right in and be the number two pass catcher 
in Cleveland. So just don't don't rule out the Browns quite yet. Um, again, that, that could potentially be a a spot for uh, him to to be a uh, a champ. You know, potentially go for a championship. I don't know if the Browns are that good, but maybe he gets paid and goes to the championship. So, uh, where'd you go? Oh man, internet just kind of like, flashed me. I'm just like. <laughs> rumbling rambling on right here and i look up and no i caught the end of that uh that deshaun watson piece right that connection there with cleveland i think that could make a lot of sense you imagine him throwing to amari cooper d hop i mean dpj and njoku like that's a pretty solid little group of weapons and i think he could do well actually having a viable especially if he comes back to being informed that he was before he was suspended for a year i mean deshaun watson was one of the best quarterbacks in the in the National Football League. He he was. We all remember when they had the Chiefs down twenty eight to zero in that wild card weekend game. You know, a few years yeah. back. But like Deshaun Watson's a really is a good quarterback. Was a really good quarterback. Can he get back to form? And then you bring in a guy like Hopkins, a, a guy that you know and trust, and you play right. with for all those years. There's like, already a little chemistry there. Yeah, that could that could be a, a good landing spot for Hopkins in terms of fantasy value, uh, but also again a, a potentially a place that might give him a chance at a championship. Uh, Lee says here in the chat, "Don't the Rams have the cap space along with Cup? D Hop might work there." I, I think that the Rams saw what they did with when they brought in. Allen Robinson, OBJ, you know, some of these older veterans who have been struggling or whatever, for whatever reason, uh, that used to have Robert Woods there as the second guy to cup. I think DeAndre Hopkins could fill that similar role as those guys did for sure. Um, I don't know. I think the Rams only have like one more year. Like their window seems to be closing very, very quickly. And so oh, yeah. if they're going to do that, they, they need to go get it now. Uh, what's what's Stafford? Thirty-five years old is what Stafford is now. So, if you're Jeez. gonna do that, you gotta go go now because that that window opportunity is definitely closing for another championship. I mean, that is an interesting fit. I didn't think about the Rams, so that's a good point, Lee, for sure. I I mean, <clears throat> they were able to make OBJ a viable receiver again in that playoff stretch. So, you know, why not DeAndre Hopkins, who I think is in a much better position health wise. Mm-hmm than OBJ was coming into LA when he did. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm just ready to see him sign with the team and I hope it's uh hope it's with Patrick Mahomes is, is all right. I got to say. That's right. Let, let the hometown team get better and, you know, increase Deandre Hopkins fantasy value. I oh, think yeah. that's one of the reasons why he's being drafted so high right now. And underdog is like the hope and, you know, because you have no idea. So you, you, you're hoping that you you see him there. And I think one thing, yeah. one point I'll make is, and we can move on, right before, you know, you talked about what's that fantasy value, what's the value on the field still, can he still be productive? You know, if anything, if the drafters are telling us anything, they don't necessarily care what, you know, the, the potential teams that could be on. They want that elite upside. And they're getting that still with the DeAndre Hopkins by drafting him in the fourth round. Because there's running backs out there like a Zeke, um, Leonard Fournette that are not signed either, but yep. they're way you know they're being drafted in the 12th, 13th round, or Hopkins is being drafted in the fourth round. So I think it just shows that you know fantasy football players right now still value DeAndre Hopkins pretty high, and uh, so let's just hope he goes to a 
an offense that he can continue to pay off those high draft picks. Absolutely. Staying in the wide receiver vein here, Tyreek Hill got into a little bit of uh, trouble. I think they think they might have resolved the issue. He like there was something with him getting on someone's boat and trying to big shot him and everything. I mean, it was just kind of like a weird situation because he literally that same day posted videos of him catching fish, like deep sea fishing. So I don't know what the issue was. Maybe he had too many soda pops out there on the, on the water and then came back to the Marina and tried to start something. But I I just don't like, just, you gotta keep yourself out of trouble. And, and I know all the stuff that he had back in what, 2019 2018 like yeah i get a lot of that was fabricated and there's a lot of weird stuff going on with his girlfriend or his his baby mama at the time whatever she was but like dude you gotta you you gotta stay out of trouble and you move down to miami you're you're you get the big paycheck like just keep your head clean and play ball like it's just to me it was just more it, it doesn't seem to be a huge deal, not anything like the Alvin Kamara's or Joe Mixon's of the world right now, but it's not smart. It's not smart. You're one of the best players in the NFL. Like you just gotta you gotta figure it out and, and stop stop getting yourself in the in the headlines from a bad situation. So no that's kidding. Where I'm he, at on it. he seems so lighthearted lately too, you know, yeah. just like kind of been fun to follow on Twitter and, and IG just cause he's doing all these like little barbs at everyone and they're giving it back to him. And it just seems like really good exchanges. So, um, you know, the, the image has been cleaned up for a while now for him and you just hate to see it get tarnished again. Yeah. Um, I don't think with this situation, I don't think he's going to get handed down any kind of discipline from the league necessarily. Right. Like, it's a situation where, you know, charges really weren't enforced. They were, it was just an investigation. Right. Yeah. And so don't, don't let that steer you from taking what I think is a top five wide receiver fantasy, fantasy wise. So I would agree with that. Um, let's talk some Alvin Kamara news. I just brought him up. So, Dan, I was reading a little bit today trying to figure out when are we going to get this news. And from what I found this morning, actually, Ross Jackson of Locked On Network, he is the host of Locked On Saints. If you don't know anything about the Locked On Network, great podcast, by the way, um, all across their network. It's It's just a really, yeah, I love the Locked On Dynasty uh, podcast. So it's just good stuff. Anyways. He stated today on Fantasy Dirt, which is a, a fantasy show on SiriusXM, that we might not have a conclusion to the Alvin Kamara situation until July 31st. And, Dan, there's a chance he might not actually be suspended. What 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 are your initial thoughts on hearing that news? That's surprising. I guess it would have to deter uh, – it would all depend on what the legal recourse is, right? I don't – I think the NFL, their policy is that charges have to be filed for there to be any kind of incident or he has to be charged with it officially, right? It has to be like a guilty sort of situation. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the severity is. Like some of those might get dropped. Um, We saw it happen with some other cases, right? Zeke had his charges dropped, still got a suspension, 
However, with Frank Clark, he ended up taking a plea deal and he got a lot less games than what you were anticipating. So with the legal situations and the way they play out in the NFL, I think it all at the end of the day comes down to how much the player cooperates and then ultimately the result of the charge as well. So, I mean, from a, just from an NFL observational standpoint, I would be surprised if he doesn't get suspended at least like two to four games. Like that would be my, my expectation for this particular scenario, especially with, you know, the severity of the accusation where it was kind of like a, a group jumping of this guy in Las Vegas, Chris Lamont's um, cornerback for the Kansas city chiefs during the super bowl run. He did a lot of stuff on special teams. He was actually a part of that as well. So I'm wondering how much of that gets distributed to other players that were involved. But, um, but yeah, this is that's interesting to hear that he might not get a suspension. I'm not. I haven't been following the legal proceedings on it though. So uh, that's kind of like I guess the difference there. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just it just keeps getting pushed down the road. Like every time I remember it happened two or three th- times last offseason where. You're supposed to have a hearing, and the hearing was just to say, "Well, yeah, we'll come back again in three months." And we were thinking it was going to be August last year, you know. Yeah, and then it got pushed off again. So, and here and we maybe are. That's, maybe that's <laughs> why he's saying, you know, that he might not get suspended. Maybe it's more about the legal legal situation is not going to be concluded by then. Therefore, he won't be suspended this year. So, just something to keep in mind. Kamara, you know, he's still good. He's still a great running back. He's going to have. Uh, a pretty decent year should he be on the field. Uh, and I think that, you know, bringing in what Jamal Williams and they brought in a, a uh, Andre Miller. Yep. Right. So, I mean, they brought in some extra guys to, to be prepared if he wasn't going to be there. Uh, but if he's there, I think, he, you know, he's still going to be a top 10 back and you're going to be ready to, to rock and roll with him. He's uh and he's got check down King De- De- uh, Derek Carr out there too. So he'll be catching <laughs> he's, dumping passes. The, he's dumping in the flat at least five to seven times oh, a man. game. He will, <laughs> he will have so many opportunities to catch balls. And just one more piece of running back news before we go into our top 15 dynasty QBs or our, our tiered structure, if you will. Uh, Dalvin Cook, man, he uh, he finally officially got released by the Minnesota Vikings. There were some trade uh, attempts before he got released, but uh, he did hit the market. Recovering from that shoulder surgery, so that's I know on the top of NFL teams' minds as far as you know where who's going to be interested, where he's going to go. But I'm curious because he's coming off a thousand yard rushing season. Now I know the significance of that is downplayed now that there's 17 games as opposed to 16, but um, you know, he didn't look bad even with the bum shoulder he's played with the last, last two seasons. I was surprised that Minnesota was ready to go all in on Alexander Madison. When you look at the, the numbers from a, you know, at a micro level, it is a little bit concerning that they decided to do that. Um, he didn't seem like he, uh, if you look at the numbers, he really isn't outperforming Dalvin cook in, no. in many number and in many of the metrics at all. So um, yeah, I was, I was just kind of shocked to see that. 
I think, you know, money probably paid a, played a little bit of a part there as well. They brought back Madison on a pretty cheap contract, um, which, you know, look, Dalvin Cook aside, I I am here to caution you. Don't go overpay for Alexander Madison. It, yeah. I get it. They're talking him up. He's going to be the number one in Minnesota. He is not Dalvin Cook. And if he was Dalvin Cook, he would have a lot more opportunities in the past. He doesn't get the opportunities unless Cook is injured. And then Madison comes in. And he, yeah, of course, he's had a couple of good games. Those are spot starts. we got to be careful with just absolutely expecting a Dalvin Cook style mm-hmm. of offense to come in just because it's, you know, Alexander Madison. Now, can he hold his own? Probably. Can he be a top 15 running back for the season? Probably. But I, I'm just – I'm here to pump the brakes and caution you on like, don't go running off and trying to get, you know, Alexander Madison at any cost possible because that's not, it's not going to be a, a, the smart way to go about it. If you want to go get him, try to go get him. But you know, the price is probably a little bit too steep for me right now uh, to grab a guy like Alexander Madison. I'm just not looking to go do that. Um, I don't mind throwing darts at guys like Ty Chandler. Um, or Dwayne McBride, you know, and especially in redraft, underdog, those kind of things. So I don't mind taking shots with those guys just as um, – just, you know, just kind of throw a dart and see what happens over the, the course of the preseason and training camp. One of those guys will probably emerge as the backup. Uh, so I, I would definitely keep, you know, just mix and match those guys and see which one emerges as we go through August. But, yeah, I, I'm not going to just run out and spend a whole bunch of, of capital on – to get a guy like Madison on my team. As far as Dalvin Cook goes, I hope he doesn't go to the Miami Dolphins just because of what Devin <laughs> chain shares already. But yep. uh, the Dolphins definitely seem like the best fit. Dolphins seem like a great fit. I know he's interested in going to Buffalo and playing with his brother up there. I think cool. that would be a this phenomenal is- fit. Yeah. You imagine how many brother duos have you had on a team playing the same position? Like, I can only think of the McCordy twins who did yep. did it with New England, both those DBs. So, I mean, and these guys are offensive skill players. Like, that just doesn't happen. So, I think it would be pretty cool as a Chiefs fan. It's like, okay, chill out, Dalvin. But <laughs> We got bite-sized Vikes in the, in the chat. John's – we're talking about his boys. His, uh, his, his uh, instincts were up. He, he heard it. Yeah, yeah you already know. All right, let's uh you want to transition? Let's talk some some quarterbacks here. If you're in the chat with us, join us. Uh thank you for being here. Hit that like button if you would subscribe to Bite Size Sports on YouTube. We have shows going on all week long, every week. Uh Necessary Roughness last night. Nick ran host while John took the night off. And Nick had uh Zach Keebler on who knew his stuff, man. He was a New York guy, which was just interesting to hear. Uh, some a New York fan just talk talk ball. That that was good. Go back and see that tomorrow night. The bounce will be live during the NBA draft, talking all things hoops and ball. Um, I, I'm not a big NBA draft guy. Like I got into the fight. I got into the playoffs just because of betting. Honestly, like that's what drew me to watch so many games during the playoffs. Uh, but I'm interested as to check that out tomorrow and see. See what the guys think. See if Brandon Miller goes number two because that seems to be the the hot topic of the day because everybody knows who's going number one. Uh, that's not a a question. 
And then I'll be here live on Friday morning for Bite and Early. That's been a fun show the last couple of Friday mornings, 7 a.m. Central Time. So check us out. So subscribe to the to the Bite Size Sports Network. Plenty going on, Dan, all week long, every single week. And here before Love too it. long, you and I will be here every Wednesday night. Man, that's going to be so exciting to finally like talk about how we did in the week, talk about some drafts once the dra- redraft season kicks up. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for all of that. But yeah, Dude, I mean, I've been missing the NFL right now. Oh, it's killing me. I, as soon as the NBA finals ended, speaking of the bounce, as soon as the NBA finals ended, I was like, now we are in the real dog days of summer. It's like we don't even, we didn't even have the fortune of falling on like uh, an Olympic year. <laughs> it's yep. just tough. It's just tough out here. Yeah, it's going to be – I've been following a little bit of the College World Series just to give me something to do and watch. And, I got know, LSU taking that one. The U.S. Open was on, you know, this past weekend, so that was nice. A little golf action. But, yep. yeah, it's – I mean, it's – this is the time of year that it's just like uh, you don't – there's nothing on TV to watch. And so <laughs> just want to get the NFL back around hey. here so we can talk some more be- NFL. Speaking of quarterbacks, though, which is what we're going to dive into, did you see the Netflix doc coming out with Mahomes, Kirk yeah. Cousins, and Mariota at the center? We're going to get something here soon. That that looks yeah, that looks good too. That looks yeah, good. I'm I'm pumped for it. There was a there was a clip Mahomes put out that was basically <laughs> he said he wished he had a little bit more editing rights because he kind of talks his smack a little bit on the field oh, and yeah. uh, <laughs> it just puts him in a different light than he usually is put in. Yeah. It makes sense. The, uh, I, I love the Mahomes Coors Light commercial. Did you see that with the, <laughs> the Coors Light bear, the Coors Light bear. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> it's good with friends. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Let's talk quarterbacks. Lee already jumping in here with his list for dynasty. He says Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts, Fields, Allen, Richardson for Dynasty. So if that is in order. Where's Herbert? I mean, Josh Allen at five, five, one, two, three, four, five behind Justin Fields. Hey, either way, I, I got to I love it, right? You got Hurts, <laughs> Fields, Allen, Richardson. All those guys fit my brand. Uh, All those. Yeah. That sounds like exactly what I was thinking. I was like, the only thing missing is Lamar Jackson. Like, where's that's, that's true. that would be Trevor's list if we had that's Lamar true. Jackson on there. But no, I think that's uh, you know, you're not going wrong taking any of those quarterbacks by any means, right? That's like the upper echelon. You, obviously, you're taking flyers with guys like Fields and Richardson and banking on their athleticism a little bit more than you would with like Mahomes and and Hurts yeah. and Allen and, and Burrow, those sure bet kind of quarterbacks. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like you know you you do just fine with any of those guys. You'd be happy, you'd be thrilled to put them in your Sunday lineup. So where where do you want to start? Do you want to start at one or do you want to start at fifteen tonight? Let's start on the back end and work our way up because, I mean, I everyone that. knows where we're going to end up. I think it's a matter of, like, you know, who's going to get phased out before we get to tier one. So let's build it up for them a little bit. All right. I like that. I like that. Why, I'll let you uh, I'll let you start us off with uh, – we we kind of did break it into tiers, you know, right? So yep. start off and, and give us that fourth tier for you. So tier four for me, I see this as my upside tier, right? I plugged two rookies in, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, but I really want to talk about Daniel Jones here. 
Um, he had a much better year fantasy wise than what a lot of folks are giving him credit for. I would think he, I feel like he's getting overlooked a ton. He is, he wasn't a contract year, so definitely could see that as a little bit of a red flag coming into this year. He just got paid the big bucks, but, um, I mean, you're talking about a guy who is actually a lot more athletic than he lets on. Like a lot of his points fantasy wise came from him running on the ground and being able to create whenever the play falls apart. Uh, looking at what Dable was able to do with that offense in just one offseason, I'm really excited to see what the Giants do when they leap into year two under Brian Dable. Um, and then Kafka, the offensive coordinator as well, being a big key component to that. Uh, seeing how that offense is going to gel is going to be huge. They had a lot of turnover in the wide receiver room, but they brought back some key key guys like Darius Slayton coming back, I think is huge for that offense. So I'm excited to see what Daniel Jones can do. I think there's a lot of upside there. And, you know, if, if I'm looking at, at it from a dynasty perspective, Dan, Daniel Jones, a little bit younger than a lot of the other quarterbacks. If it's between him and a guy like, you know, Russell Wilson, or I don't know, Dak Prescott even, which I have in, in the next year, I feel like I'd have a little bit of a tough situation choosing between him or Dak or him or Tua just because of the athleticism that he's bringing on the ground, but also, you know, just knowing what I know about Dable and Kafka and what they can do with the pieces that they had last year going into this year. Yeah, I, I'm a big Daniel Jones guy. Um, I love that. Last year, Daniel Jones, 708 rushing yards. There you Only, go. I mean, you know the guys who had more, right? Fields, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, like the running quarterbacks. And and after Daniel Jones, it was a huge drop-off. The next best from a, a quarterback was Marcus Mariota at 438. So this is like he is the tier break for rushing quarterbacks in terms of yards and, and whatnot. So, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I, I, I think John makes a decent point. Like, he might not be a good real-life NFL quarterback. <laughs> uh, Hashtag yeah, not good. <laughs> I guess that, that could be true. Um, but, absolutely, he is a decent fantasy threat. And Brian Dable coming over, and this is, what, his second year there. I, I like Daniel Jones a lot. And when you talk upside <laughs> at 20, 26 years old, I think he's got – Good upside on a second contract. Let the right. boy run. And just to follow it up too, right? This is tier four. This is like if we're in super flex, this might be your QB two. This might be your guy you put in on a bye week. We don't know. But this is like QBs 15 through 13 is what this would yeah. be. So uh, highlighting Jones here, definitely, I think, you know, not do not make him your number one. But he could absolutely do some damage in that flex spot if you're if you're talking super flex. Absolutely, yeah, I like that second quarterback there. Get him on my team. All right, I'll go. So I kind of grouped all four of these guys together. So I kind of made it fifteen to eighteen because my third tier is quite large. So um, starting backwards from number eighteen, I'm going to go up to fifteen. Is Jordan Love, Brock Purdy. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I still have Stroud over Young. I've had Stroud over Young since the beginning. Um, still have him there. But really, to me, you know, this tier for is all about the youth, these young guys ready to go. And I kind of snuck Jordan Love in this tier over all the olds. Like, 
I mean, <laughs> if I'm drafting, I don't necessarily want to go draft a Kirk Cousins or a Russ Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers. I just – they're in there well in their mid-30s. Rodgers is almost 40. It's just not a guy that I'm like in a dynasty league I'm really thinking about or trying to go after. Um, yeah. You know, I'd rather take a shot on Jordan Love in a good offense. Christian Watson and Aaron Jones and like AJ Dillon and company. Like, this is a, a still a good offense, even without Aaron Rodgers. And they have a really good head coach, a head coach who has had success and I believe will continue to have success. And if I'm thinking, you know, a three to five year dynasty league, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be in the league in three to five years, most right. likely. Right. Well, Russ, Russ, Wilson, <laughs> Russ Wilson has another season like he had last year. He might not be in the league in three to five years. So um, give me some Jordan love over those guys. Those old guys. Again, exactly what you said. I'm not really here to hype up Jordan love, but I do like <laughs> him more than these, these old Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, like these guys right. who fall into their thirties. No, I'm totally with you there. And I, I wanted to put Jordan Love in my tier four, but I'm just looking at the the age of the other two guys at the back of that tier and, and the upside there. Um, but yeah, I think that's a that's there's nothing wrong with taking a flyer on, on a guy like Jordan Love over over Aaron Rodgers or any of those older guys for sure. I'm with you there. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, I have him right there afterwards, Geno Smith. Derek Carr, like all these guys in the thirties, like, right. That's who's, that's who's coming and in right it's after mid thirties too. It's not yeah. like they are 30. These guys are pushing 35, 34, 36, those kinds mm -hmm. of eight that that's a little bit higher for dynasty. Oh yeah. Uh, let me, let me, let me keep rolling here. I'll go with my tier three and then we'll kind of jump back to you. So at 14 is Dak Prescott 13. I have Daniel Jones, the aforementioned Daniel Jones. Uh, that you just talked about. Uh, 12 is Deshaun Watson. 11, Kyler Murray. 10, I got two of there. Number nine, my boy, Anthony Richardson. Justin Fields at eight and Trevor Lawrence at seven. So this is this is a very large tier for me, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I got eight quarterbacks in this tier. It's just from, from Trevor Lawrence at seven all the way to Dak Prescott at 14. I got eight quarterbacks. It's a lot, right? Quite a large tier, younger guys. I got some veterans in there, Deshaun Watson. It's just it's hard to separate these guys from, from each other, but not hard to separate them from what I have as my top six quarterbacks. Really, in this tier, health stands out to me, right? You got the health of Tua. How, how well is he going to do? How is he going to? Um, continue on with the concussions from last year. And then Kyler Murray getting hurt at the end of last year, not going to be starting this season. Uh, probably going to be on the pup list is what I would assume. So we won't we'll probably don't see him until week six to eight potentially. But even with Kyler Murray to take it a step further, I, I don't know if Kyler Murray is going to have a job in Arizona in 2024, right? This is going to be a lost season for the Arizona Cardinals. They could – just go and draft Caleb Williams um, with the number one pick and move on from Kyler, even though they just signed him a couple years ago. It's not out of the realm of possibility. So when I'm looking at Dynasty, I'm looking at the three-year frame time frame. I love Kyler Murray's ceiling, the rushing ability, the touchdowns. I just I, I can't confidently say he has a job. 
in three years as that real life NFL quarterback that we talked about with Daniel Jones. Uh, so, I mean, if I'm sitting in a startup draft right now, Dan, Kyler's going mid second round. I'm probably just going to take a non quarterback at that point and then end up drafting guys like Daniel Jones or even like a Kirk Cousins in the middle of the fourth round as my second quarterback rather than spending a second round draft capital on Kyler Murray because, again, I'm, I'm just not sure how long he keeps his job. Yep. No, I think that's definitely a legitimate concern. Um, when I go into my tier, I'll kind of give you a little little bit of spiel on where I where I put him. But as far as, you know, him not having a job in Arizona, I think that's definitely a viable concern. Um, but it's also was sort of Kyler's preference that him and Kingsbury kind of have that divorce, you know, that split. So I'm curious as to whether or not um, who, Gannon, that's the new coach there, I believe. I'm curious how much he's going to play an impact on on that decision and, and whether or not he'd want to move on from Murray. Obviously, in 2024, his contract makes it a lot easier for him to scoot or them to trade him. But if they trade him, there's a chance he picks up with another team, right? It could be a situation kind of like – with Russell Wilson, when he got traded to Denver, it seemed like they had pieces around him. And, you know, let's say he gets traded and those those pieces are actually legitimate. Like, it could be uh, the opposite of what Wilson had as far as, you know, productivity. But it could end up being the same thing. So, you don't really know. It's definitely a cloudy future for Kyler Murray. I think that that's legitimate concern for sure. But mid-second round, I mean that's a really big risk reward scenario. I think um, as far as some of the other players you can get in the middle of that second round, non QB players, there's going to be a lot of impactful guys that you can put on your team that are going to have a lot of viable years left in them. So I think it'd be tough for me to even, even where I have him ranked on my list, I think it would be tough for me to take him anywhere later than, back half a second, maybe early third, if I'm looking at kind of how all the players would fall in. Yeah, right now, after – so Richardson goes at pick 15. Current ADP, um, according to DynastyLeagueFootball.com, at pick 16, A.J. Brown, 17, Kyler Murray, 18, Bryce Young, 19, Jonathan Taylor, 20, Garrett Wilson. Like, I, I, I'm taking Garrett Wilson, A.J. Brown. C.D. Lamb goes right before Deshaun Watson and Anthony Richardson. I'm probably just taking one of those guys. If Deshaun yeah. Watson and Anthony Richardson are off the board in a startup draft, in a super flex startup draft, I'm going to pivot to CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, or a Garrett Wilson um, and take the, them over Kyler Murray. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with that. You know how I feel about wide receivers anyway. Uh, right. I mean, you know, I, I uh, say a word about Jonathan Taylor, who's also drafted right there, but no thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good on that. <laughs> but with Kyler Murray, I mean, if I miss out on – I'll just kind of go through my tier three too. This yes. might be a good transition. Unless you had something else to add. Go ahead. So I have Tua at the 12 spot. His concussions definitely give me concern even though he does have great weapons. Justin Fields, I have only seen one year of him doing it, and the flash in the pan concerns me as well. Uh, with him, it seems like the Bears are finally starting to put weapons around him. They're really going to invest in him, so the pressure's on for Justin Fields this year. Uh, but, you know, 
as far as the the dynasty aspect goes, there's a couple other quarterbacks that I think you can get better years out of guaranteed um, than the risk reward that comes with fields. Uh, although I think the ceiling for him is very high uh, just because of what he can do with his legs. It's, it's concerning. Deshaun Watson followed up with him. I, I want to talk about Deshaun Watson a little more in depth, but let's go to the rest of them. So Dak Prescott after that, and then Kyler Murray ends up at the top of my tier three. Um, I put Kyler up there just because of what we've seen when he is healthy, right? There were a lot of injuries and seemed like locker room turmoil last year that that caused him to not perform as well as the Cardinals had in other years with Kyler Murray under center. So I'm thinking with this fresh start, he comes back from his injury, we might see a different tune out there in Arizona. So I'm looking at it with a little bit of optimism for sure for Kyler Murray. And I hope that, uh, you know, he lets that ego get out of the way, but Deshaun Watson, let's talk about him. He was coming off of two straight years, not playing football, all personal choices, obviously holding out legal situation. He did not look great last year when he came back with the Cleveland Browns, just to put it Frank. And I think a full offseason with this team, getting a preseason in, getting through the motions, building that chemistry is going to go a long way for him. And he's still only, what, 27 years old, maybe 28. <clears throat> We've seen him put up some amazing numbers in this league. Um, I think there's a really good chance that he that he comes back. The legal situation has been wrapped up at this point, I guess you could say, although I'm not like thrilled. I wouldn't be thrilled to support him. <laughs> if I drafted him, but if I'm going from a dynasty perspective, I'm looking at quarterbacks, it falls the way it does. I like him in tier three. Yeah. 27 years old. I mean, I was looking, God played, let's see, he plays six games last year and he's sitting at 15 fantasy points per game. I mean, that's bad. That's not good numbers. Not good numbers last year. He, he, had, he was worse than Carson Wentz through eight I'm games. I'm pretty sure Brissett outperformed him last year, too. Uh, Mike White played four games and had more points per game than he did. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was at 12 and a half through four, but he played uh, 14 games. So I'm sure a couple, either way, like, yeah, he, he was bad. Like, I just said that just to, to double down on the, the he paint was the bad, picture. But, <laughs> If we go back to before, I mean, what his last year playing was what, 2019? A top five 20, fantasy. 2020. 2020. Did he play in 2020? 2019 is top five. Okay. 2020, top five. Like, he was top five quarterback multiple years in a row in fantasy and probably in the NFL at that point in his career as well. Uh, we kind of talked a little bit about it earlier. I just, I think Deshaun Watson, if he could find a way to get back to form, I mean, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are also 27 years old. Like, yep. they were also really great in 2019, 2020. It's just we didn't see Deshaun Watson. So that's that's what we – you know, he hasn't had those two years of continuing to, to progress in his career. So hopefully he can take some steps forward in terms, you know, of fantasy value this year. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like him there. I have, I have him sitting right at – I have him sitting right at quarterback 12. So definitely not as high on him as you are. Because mm-hmm. what what is this for you? Seven B, or eight? QB, QB eight? 10 for me. 
QB 10. So we're not that far off. Not that far off. Yeah. No, we're not far off at all. Um, oh, yeah, Murray at, at the top of that list. I see. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Murray we're not at that eight. far off. I have Fields over him, obviously, but that's because Fields runs the football. And I'm a sucker for running running quarterbacks. Uh, so that, that's a me issue, right? Like that's but I, I like where you have him here. Um I have him over Dak. You have you have Dak over Deshaun Watson, I have him over Dak. So that's an interesting debate when you're on the clock there of like who are you gonna take, you know, um, between those two guys. I would still take Watson even after the bad season last year. So we'll see how he does. I, I'm I just if I have him on my dynasty team right now, I'm just sitting and waiting and hope kind of hoping that he, he comes back a little bit more <clears> fresh <throat> this year and ready to rock. Um, if I don't have him on my dynasty team or if I'm in a startup draft, I'm not necessarily going to be reaching for him just because <clears throat> this tier is like the unknown tier for all, for us both. It seems like, right. Yeah. Like Kyler Tua, Watson, just kind of an unknown tier. So Let's let's move on to tier two, the the known commodities. I'll let you. Uh, let, actually, let me let me get this from from Lee first, real fast. Yeah, Cardinals will not win three games this year. How many points do you need from a second quarterback from Superflex? Murray is not a good pick, as far as I'm concerned. So a little bit of his dynasty, right? We have to think about this is not only a, a this year pick. Right. So as you you know you laid out earlier, he could be traded. He could find another team. It is a dynasty, so he's still a young quarterback, only 25 years of age. Mm-hmm. He obviously is electric with his feet. So we, we want to keep that in mind, even if I also don't want him in the second mid-second round. Yeah, true. But as a second quarterback, if I take Patrick Mahomes number one overall and Kyler Murray falls to the back end of round two, yeah, I'll take him there because I, I'm good with my first quarterback. That's pretty interesting. You know, yeah. And now he's falling behind ADP. So it's not that he's not a good pick. I just don't think he's a good pick in the middle of the second round. So I think right. your draft is going to play a big part of that as well. Um, what do you think here? How many points do you need from a second quarterback in Superflex? I mean, dude, you want a 30 pointer every week, right? Like, that's yeah. a, it's a quarterback. I think the floor for your second quarterback, you want like 20 to 25, right? You want him to be able to average something like that. Um, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, the QB one though, they need to be putting up 30, 30 plus, yeah. you know, maybe 27 is like the floor for the, the QB one on a, on any given, which is, which is why the first, uh, what is it? The first six, eight of the first nine are quarterbacks in ADP right now. The only non quarterback is Justin Jefferson yeah. sliding up in there. So, um, yeah, obviously quarterbacks are very important in Superflex. 100%. All right, tier so, th- two. Oh, tier two. And I'm glad you said it too. Like those other tiers are the uncertainties, the question marks. These are the no-brainers in my mind and in your mind. These are the guys that if they hit you at the right spot in ADP or if you get a chance to get them ahead of where they're projected – you're jumping all over it. And these are guys that are young. I mean, no one on the on either of our lists at this point is over the age of, what, 27 on either of these lists. So I think Mahomes and Allen are the two oldest. Maybe, yep, maybe Mahomes and Allen are 27. Yep. So, I mean, looking at those two guys, you're obviously taking them. Those are two top three guys, uh, depending on how you're spending your list. But 
Um, yeah, these are the guarantees, right? These are the for sure. So you had Trevor Lawrence at seven. I also had Trevor Lawrence at seven. I just put him up in tier two. I really liked what I saw from him last year. I think he has a really good chance to build on that. They added to that offense with a new tight end. They brought some new weapons in. They got some offensive line shuffling going over there. Um, and it's year two in Doug Peterson's system. So I really like the the potential there for Trevor Lawrence to, to come back in. I have Joe Burrow as QB6. If he did more with his legs and he threw less interceptions, I'd be a lot more inclined to bump him up this list. But, uh, you know, we just get too many three interception games from him here and there, or it's like, you know, he, he doesn't have that running ability to, to fall back on. So that's, that's where I put him here. Obviously, he's a winner. The kid is amazing on the football field. He has had immense success in the playoffs when, when the, you're talking. Oh, I was about, I was thinking Herbert. I'm like, except for last year, but you're talking Burrow. Yeah. Except for last year, the AFC championship game. Except for his opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. We kind of put the kibosh on that. That's right. <laughs> and his opportunity to win the Super Bowl the year before that. Right. No, he's falling short in those areas <laughs> in the bigger games. But, you know, besides that, I think like, you know, he is definitely a guarantee guy that I'm snagging if I get the chance. His connection with Jamar Chase is one of the best in the league, if not the best. Like if you were in a position to nail both Burrow and Chase in a draft dynasty, like you've got a duo that you can ride for years to come. So I really like Burrow, but I just can't put him ahead of these other five quarterbacks. So starting my top five is Lamar Jackson at the five spot. I think he's going to bounce back in a big way this year. Um, obviously, I still have a little bit of reservations and concerns with the, la the way the last two seasons went down. So Herbert sits above him at number four. Herbert just has a cannon. I mean, the dude puts up yards on yards. He's not a big turnover guy. doesn't throw a ton of picks or anything like that. And um, his touchdown numbers weren't as much as I wanted to see last year uh, from – you know, with him passing and everything, but they just brought in a new weapon. Um, Austin Eckler might be leveraging for a contract, so we could see a crazy performance from him again. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's where I've got I got Herbert at four to round and up the offensive two. coordinator and the new OC a lot more. Um, Kellen Moore wants to throw the ball right, and so that'll be interesting Absolutely. to see how that that turns out there in Los Angeles. If you're here with us, we appreciate your support. Let us know in the chat what, who your top five are. We are in into the top seven, and our top sevens are the same seven players, but in different orders. And so I'm going to go from my six to three here. For my tier three, I don't have Trevor Lawrence up in tier two quite yet. I still have him, have him at the top of tier three. Uh, but for me, I have six, Justin Herbert. At five, Joe Burrow, and at four, Lamar Jackson. Again, the same four to seven guys, just in a different different order. And for me, Lamar Jackson, I've got him up here at four. And I was doing a little research because I remember I remember talking up Lamar Jackson a lot going into last year. So I went back. Dan, our very first show together was me just talking Lamar Jackson. I had him <laughs> ranked number two in redraft. Uh um, redraft him up. I was all over Lamar Jackson and 
Obviously, injury kind of deflated his season a little bit. But now Lamar Jackson's contract situation is under control. Uh, he gets the new offensive coordinator and Todd Munkin coming over from the University of Georgia, wants to throw the ball a lot more. They add in guys like OBJ, Zay Flowers, to a core that was really decent in Rashad Bateman, Isaiah Likely. Mark Andrews is obviously the big guy there. Like, this is this has been talked about by many as the best pass catching core that Lamar Jackson's ever had. And you have an offense coordinator who wants to throw the football. That's that's a pretty decent, you know, combination. And we already yeah. know about Lamar Jackson's legs, obviously. Um, since Lamar Jackson became a full-time starter back in 2019, his season-long finishes and points per game have been first in 2019, 8th, 7th, and 6th. So he's very consistent. And the only guys who are competing for this kind of consistency over the past three to four years are the guys that we've been talking about. The Mahomes, the Herberts, even Kyler Murray has been a little consistent in points per game. Josh Allen has been up there. So yep. these big-time names are the guys that Lamar Jackson's hanging out with at the top of the leaderboards for quarterbacks on seasons. Again, like you add these offensive weapons. You add in the dominant running ability that Lamar Jackson has, and we've seen that that running, that rushing ability, that puts for me puts him over guys like Burrow and Justin Herbert, who like we know who those guys are. They're going to be pa pocket pass passers. They're going to have high volume, 30, 35 passing touchdowns a year. We know that, but they don't have the ceiling that a Lamar Jackson has with his legs and adding that value, that eight points because he ran for 80 yards that week that's pretty high value over a course of a season and in our case over a course of a couple of seasons in dynasty uh we just got to keep the guy healthy and i'm really excited about this todd munkin offense and, and see how lamar does in that so that's why i have lamar over joe burrow and justin herbert but they're all three in the same tier for me yeah i mean i i like lamar jackson i think he's definitely you bring up really good points with the new the new weapons. I think it is his best pass catching group in his whole career. I mean, looking back, he's had um, Hollywood Brown for a couple of years as a rookie, not very developed at that point in his career. Mark Andrews has taken major strides over the last few years. Other than that, I mean, you're talking washed up Sammy Watkins. You're talking Willie Sneed, like just a, just a bunch of guys who wouldn't be like top three receivers on, on any other teams. Yeah. D Rob, we had D Rob last year. Like it's just been a random assortment of guys. And now he's got some viable names. Odell Beckham being the, the star in the wide receiver room. So I think yep. that's really cool for, for Lamar Jackson to finally get the opportunity. Cause he's been wanting to throw for a long time. Yeah. And I, I think he, he can, he can throw like, he, yeah, I expect him to have a, a pretty solid year coming into last year. I thought maybe he was going to be back in MVP form and gets injured again. That's, that's the hardest part, right? Like if I was going to knock him, it's definitely been the injuries over the past two years. I think he's only yeah. played a, you know, 12 games, both of the past two years uh, that hurts. I mean, we saw that with Jalen hurts who plays what 14 games gets injured comes back for the playoffs, but for fantasy-wise, he wasn't there for our fantasy playoffs. You lost him for the and Super Bowl, yeah. That hurts, like, no pun intended. <laughs> so to, to keep Lamar on the field, you need 15, 16, 17 games. 
uh, to really feel good about him each and every year. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Hopefully he can get to, to a state of health. I'm going to talk tier one first because I'll let you, I'll give you the floor on, on our boy, but let me, <laughs> let me get to why Spoiler I away. have two over number three. So for me, number three, I have Josh Allen who just two years ago helped me win a championship. So um, I definitely have a soft spot for Josh Allen. Obviously he runs the football Jalen hurts at number two. And then our guy, Patrick Mahomes at number one, 27 years of age, just an absolute stud. And he continues to do it year after year, but I'm taking Jalen hurts over Josh Allen. This is, I'm not going to say it's contrarian. It's not like off the wall. You're a maniac, but it is, it is a little different. Most people that I see have Josh Allen over Jalen hurts and for good reason. But for me, Look, Hertz is three years younger. That's obviously helping. And, and if we're looking at a dynasty league, he also runs a little bit more than Josh Allen does, more designed style runs. Josh Allen doesn't have all the designed runs that a Jalen Hurts has. And Jalen Hurts has absolute talent everywhere around him, an abundance of talent. Both of the quarterbacks have a elite to wide receiver, right? You got Steph Diggs, you got A.J. Brown. But after Steph Diggs, Buffalo doesn't really have a lot of options. Gabe Davis hasn't been what we expected him to do. Dawson Knox hasn't really been that great. They now have a rookie tight end in Dalton Kincaid. Like, there's just not a lot around him. Uh, whereas the Eagles, man, they just keep loading up, right? Uh, you got Devontae Smith and Zach Ertz adds, you know, on top of an A.J. Brown. I just like – the offense around this guy a lot better. AJ uh, Jalen Hurst is never going to put up the passing volume that Josh Allen is going to do, or even a Patrick Mahomes, or even a few guys in the last year, right? Like the Burrows and Herberts of the world. Yep. But really, most most leagues rushing touchdowns are worth six points, and passing touchdowns are worth four. Not in every league, but in most leagues, that's the way it's it's played out. Both of the last two seasons, as a starter, Jalen Hurts has rushed for ten and 13 touchdowns, respectively. That's two extra points every time he rushes it in. If passing touchdowns are worth six points in your league, I'm taking Josh Allen because he's going to throw 35 to Hurts' 22-25. But if it's a six-point six rushing touchdown and a four-point passing touchdown league, which is what most of my leagues are, I like mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts and this rushing ability. And just the, the play calls that they have around the goal line – and these, like, I mean, they use him as their goal line back, and I just love that. No, I, I know you love that. <laughs> no, it's, I, I don't think you're. I mean, you're really splitting hairs, right? If you're, if you're trying to argue between Hertz or Allen, I think a lot of it, for me, if I'm landing in a situation where I'm picking between the two, it's like, okay, where did my bye weeks line up at this point? and kind of roll from there. Did I take AJ Brown in round one, or did I take Stefan Diggs in the back end of round one? Do Who do I want to pair it with? So it's a lot of it could be strategic too. Um, I guess in a dynasty league, you're not taking Diggs round one, but if you're taking AJ Brown and Hurts and back-to-back -back picks rounds one and two, then that's going to make a lot more sense for you to go with those guys. So, I mean, it's really about, you know, for me, the way I ranked it out, it's about, how many points did they finish with? 
And last year, Mahomes finished with the most, Allen at number two, Hurts at number three. Um, so I, I I don't know. It was kind of tough. And and I'm a little more partial to Allen just because of what he was has been able to do in the passing game. I mean, name of the game. Lost him right in the middle of a, a good spiel. He was about to talk all about Josh Allen. He's having some trouble tonight with that, that internet, man. He is having some trouble. What what about you guys in the chat? What do you think? Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts? Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts? Lee says, Trevor, you're so right on Hurts. Allen's weapons are not near as good. Yeah, 100%. They got to get the guy a little bit more, a little bit more help over there. We got our guy back. I don't know what's going on with my computer. It keeps popping me off tonight. But um, the big, I think the big argument you can make with Hurts over Allen is the turnovers, to be honest with you. Uh, Allen fumbled a ton last year. He lost a lot of those fumbles. He throws interceptions. Um, He's very improvisational with his runs. And I think that helps him as far as the the ceiling goes because he's able to find those seams so well but he's also taken big hits the big thing for Josh Allen is that he hasn't been hurt from those hits Jalen Hurts has missed games because of those hits so you know that's kind of like again it's splitting hairs but I got Hurts at three Allen at two and of course Patrick Mahomes Patrick LaVon Mahomes the second two-time Super Bowl champion two-time MVP sorry I got to make sure I say his name correctly um I've got him at number one. I mean, the guy is very limited when it comes to turnovers, throws a million touchdowns a year, puts up the yards, and, I mean, he doesn't need to have the weapons to get it done. So, And and that was proven last year. So, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, as far as longevity goes, you're talking Dynasty League. There's really no other player that you can take over Patrick Mahomes. If you're 1-1, and you don't take Mahomes, then whoever's sitting at one two better be counting their lucky stars. Yeah, and I mean, how do you get the one spot? Like, right? Like you're you're doing everything you can to get the one. What, spot. what do I have to do for it? I mean, we started up our sixteen team dynasty league. Oh, shoot, it's probably been two thousand eighteen, maybe. 2019 I don't know it was it's been a while now and I remember because my brother had the number one overall pick and it was it's a sick it's one quarterback league but there's 16 teams so quarterbacks are are still special right because there's only 16 of them and um or you're playing 16 of them there's only 32 versus like a regular 12 team or 10 team league you got quarterbacks aplenty and it's also six point touchdown passes and so we kind of souped up the quarterbacks a little bit to make them a little bit, you know, more worthy. Plus, there's you know, you're already playing a ton of them. And I remember back then it was like, dude, you take Patrick Mahomes and you just you have the best quarterback for years. And still to this day, years later, I would say the exact same thing. Like, I get it, it was just a one quarterback league, but you take Patrick Mahomes and now you're set. You don't have to worry about mixing and matching quarterbacks everywhere you just put him in your lineup and you're set and hopefully you're set for the next 10 years no i I think that's like like i said it's a no-brainer it's a no-brainer i mean the guy's going to be running the league for exactly what you said the next 10 years i mean even without the rushing upside that 
Hertz and Allen has, Mahomes still holds his own in that realm. Like he still puts up three to four, maybe five rushing touchdowns. And then he'll give you another 400 or so rushing yards. Like you're getting supplemental points there as well. And the guy can actually scramble, even though he's not, he doesn't look like the fastest guy on the field. He ends up turning those little scrambles into some big gains. And you know, that can be, that can be enough. Yeah. I was going back just because we keep talking about him being the number one quarterback. It's too easy. You just do it. 2018 was the first year he was a starter. Obviously, he wins MVP that year, loses the AFC Championship. Quarterback won, and by a large margin, um, 60 points more than Matt Ryan that year. Four points more per game. Just absolutely dominant, right? So QB won that year. 2019 is the Lamar Jackson year. Mahomes only plays 14 games. That's the year that he, you know, messed up his ace, uh, his uh, patellar or uh, kneecap. Kneecap. Yeah, his kneecap. Patella. 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 That's what I was trying to get to. Yeah. 20 points per game still. Ends up as QB8 overall, even after missing two or three games. 2020, he comes back. He's QB4. I mean, he's just – he's up here every time. QB four in 2021 and then QB one last year. So just, again, I'm just, it's so consistent. He's a top five quarterback year in a year out. You might not get number one overall every year, but he's a top five quarterback year in year out. It's, it's, it's too easy. You shouldn't be. Why he's number one in tier one. You shouldn't be taking anybody else. Uh, Two runs in the Super Bowl last year are the reason they won. Yeah. He's got a little sneaky, sneaky ability to. to He can pull it out. You know? I mean, dude's his football IQ is nuts. It's insane. I mean, just knowing situationally what he can get away with, uh, just because he does do things a little unorthodox, is wild to me. No one, we've never seen it before. He doesn't do it a lot in the in the regular season, but he does it in big games. Yeah, right in the in the big games against the. Bengals or Eagles or we saw him score through the air in the regular season and stretch out for a touchdown. I mean, just the big games to do it. You know, he's playing the Broncos and he's up by 20. He's not going to pull that out because it's not, it's not worth it. Right. But it always seems in those big games that he's, he finds a way, finds a way to make it happen. Finds a way to make it happen. Just, All right, uh, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about a couple sleepers here. And um, in the chat, let us know who do we miss. We 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 both gave fifteen quarterbacks here. Obviously, you know we both kind of omitted the the aging quarterbacks. There's some young guys out there still. Who do you think we miss? Who should be in the top fifteen that we might not have talked about? And while Dan, while they're talking to us in the chat about who we missed. Why don't you give them a sleeper quarterback that you have, somebody who's not in the top 15, your top 15, uh, but but could be, you know, sleeping out there, and we might be sleeping on them. Listen, you talked about Jordan Love already. I put two down here. So you talked about Jordan Love already. He's in a very good offense. He's got a lot of good offensive minds on the coaching side of things. I think there's a strong potential for him to come out and do some damage, right? He has a young receiving core that he probably has built a nice chemistry with. Doing rookie workouts with those guys, putting in those extra hours, I think that carries a lot of weight. 
uh, when you actually get the chance to step on the field. Hence why Patrick Mahomes had such a special connection with Garrick Dieter and all those other, you know, um, lesser known receiver Byron Pringle guys. He was able to like take from his rookie year into the following years and, you know, utilize that chemistry. So I could see that happening with Jordan Love. But I want to highlight someone else in Tampa, and I'm not talking about Kyle Trask. It's Baker Mayfield. Let's not forget about him. So I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan whatsoever, okay? But I think there's a very slim chance that he does not win the starting job in Tampa. And if he does win it, which I think he will, he's going to be throwing to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, a solid tight end in Kate Otten, someone I think that can grow quite a bit. He has a great offensive line in front of him, and the running game is going to be a little bit less without Leonard Fournette, but I don't think it's going to take that big of a drop-off. So we're literally plugging Baker Mayfield into an offense that was so enticing to Tom Brady, he decided to leave New England to go play in it because of the weapons and the potential that they have around him. So if you're putting Baker in that offense, I think there's a chance he could end up being one of those guys that pops off two or three weeks out of the next season. Um, that's my sleeper. That's the guy who I'm looking at. Last year was Kirk Cousins was my sleeper. He ends up, what, QB 12, 11, yeah. something like that. I'm, I'm taking Baker Mayfield as a potential top 15 uh, sleeper for, for next season. Man, you kind of want me. You kind of been wanting to stack him up a little bit on underdog. I, I haven't <laughs> been taking a lot of these Tampa Bay guys, but I don't know. I might actually, uh, maybe, maybe when I rip a few Chihuahuas tonight, I will. Uh, <laughs> that's an underdog draft. I'm not. That's not code for anything weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do some drafts. Maybe I'll uh, have to have to stack up the bucks, man. That was that was good. I rip a Chihuahua. I, <laughs> that's the new slang huh? i like it because like you make a really good point about the whole idea i mean the, the weapons are obviously there and rashad white and kate out and some young guys around the mike evans and chris godwins and like tom brady went there exactly what you said right tom brady yep. went there and their defense is almost offense. the like, same i mean yeah i like that a little bit uh obviously he has to win the win the quarterback position out right from Kyle mm -hmm. Trask but either way you know maybe it's a uh, maybe this is Baker's third chance to, to reconcile <laughs> this this career of his Lee says is Ritter worth a flyer because of the weapons Lee you are all over it I will talk did about you send Lee the sheet moment <laughs> yeah I'm actually you know <laughs> sending him questions to help us transition but let's talk about this Question from Tyler real fast. What's up, Tyler? Thanks for being here, my man. PPR, Superflex. He won the ship last year. Would you trade a 24 first, which is projected to be a mid-late, mid to late 24, and a 25 first for Brees Hall and Jarek McKinnon? Man. I have CMC, but not many great options behind him. Dan, I'll let you start. Man, I mean, I'm looking at this 2024 next year. I need to do a little more research, but I know guys like Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. likely coming out from that draft. If you're thinking it's going to be a mid to late pick, you're obviously not going to have a chance at swiping those guys who I think could be, you know, franchise altering type players. 
when they're drafted. 2025, I just feel like two first-round picks for Brees Hall might be a little bit steep, especially since your supplemental player in the in the trade is going to be Jarek McKinnon. Now, I understand the concern with Christian McCaffrey. Like, obviously, he's going to be solid this year, probably the next two years as well, but he's getting pretty close to that thirty age 30 cliff. Um, it's right around the corner. So, I don't know. Uh, I would be hesitant to, to send two firsts to be honest with you, with Brees Hall's ACL, with Jarek McKinnon being that second player, it would make me a little bit timid. Um, I mean, I would I would do this maybe with a strategy of flipping CMC next year to, to recoup some of the investment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with the two first, but I'm not opposed to it. Like, if you absolutely feel like you have to take it, I would not. I would not be here. Like, what? What are you doing? What are you thinking? Brees Hall. I just wanted to look it up just to kind of feel out where he's at right now. Dynasty league football has his ADP at RB four, uh, which is probably a little bit lower than. I mean, I would probably take him over. I don't know. I guess Christian McCaffrey's at number three, so maybe I wouldn't take him any higher. Maybe I'd still take Christian McCaffrey, but. Essentially, you're getting two top five running backs on your team. Breesaw is everything that they thought he was going to be. Obviously, coming off the ACL definitely gives you a little bit more um, of a pause, of being cautious there with that. And so, yeah, if I can knock that either one, can I can I push the 25 first out further? Because I don't mind doing that. I mean, depending on your league, you could maybe it's a 26, 27. Or... Could I could I push it back to a 25 second or a 24 second or something like that so it's not too yeah. first? I would definitely be going that route. Um, Jarek McKinnon, I don't really care about. Um, as a Chiefs fan, I care about him obviously, but in fantasy and dynasty fantasy, I, I don't. That's like hopefully you have a couple of games of a run like he had this year, but I'm not expecting that. I'm definitely not chasing that. Um, so maybe there's a different ancillary piece that you can get. Maybe you can get a 26 second back or something like that just to recoup some draft capital. Right. Uh, but yeah, mid to late first next year, I don't mind that because, like you said, you're not going to get any of these top quarterbacks at that point right. um, next year. So you're not you're not trying to hold out to get a Caleb Williams or a Drake May because they're going to be gone before your mid to late. 24 first uh shows up so hopefully that helps you out tyler thank you for the the chat and uh hopefully stick around and let us know if you have other questions anybody has a dynasty question throw it in there we we just want to talk dynasty forever with everyone um so throw that in your in the chat we will answer them for you as i talk about my sleeper as lee brings up is ritter worth a flyer gonna sleep on it tyler's gonna sleep on it you always gotta sleep on it, my man Always sleep on it. Have yourself a, a drink or a, a chihuahua, <laughs> chihuahua, whatever you're gonna have. Yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, no, let me talk. Let me talk about Desmond Ritter here. Um, I found this clip from uh, Arthur Smith. So I'm gonna play it real fast for everyone, and then I'll kind of give my point. Oh, continue to improve at certain years, and we had to play a little bit different. It's like many times, we're not going to ever compromise our core values, the things we believe in, and so 
or have this, as we talked about behind the scenes, but in terms of schematics, a lot of things at times we'll, we'll look to improve and adapt. And so we've thrown a lot at them. I think you've seen a lot of daily improvement, certainly this passing camps and on the content and change, get more into real football, but uh, very pleased with the progress we've made day in and day out. All right, my quick takeaway from this is like, first of all, Arthur Smith is saying a whole lot of shit, like a lot of like, oh, I'm not going to compromise our core values, but it's good. <laughs> but at the very end, when he's like straight up was like, now the, the dude's improving daily and hopefully we keep going that direction. That's the part, the positive part out of this whole thing that I really um want to take from it and, and hope that Arthur Smith is not feeling as full of, of crap because I really do think that we saw some good things. Look, we didn't see a lot of Desmond Ritter last year, right? But we did see him at the end of the year. He started the last four games. Falcons went two and two in those games. The first one was bad, like almost as bad as it could have been. Ritter had 13 completions. He went for 96 yards. It was a pretty bad game. But he gets better the next week against the Ravens. He throws for 218 yards, and he ends the season against the Bucks with 224 yards and two touchdowns. The Falcons put up 30 points in that game. Yep. Against a decent defense. Now, granted, a team resting players and getting ready for the playoffs, but still a, a good defense and a good defensive scheme. So he, you saw improvement game over game. That's what that's kind of my point here is like we saw that improvement and now we have Arthur Smith at a press conference telling us that he's seeing the daily improvements day to day. So hopefully that all kind of comes to fruition for for Desmond Ritter. Also, I'm not worried about the depth chart here. He's got uh, Taylor Heineke behind him and great story, whatever, good raw raw kind of guy. Not a really good NFL quarterback. So I'm just not worried about the him, I'm not worried about Ritter losing his job. Not like last year when they brought in Mariota and we're like, well, it's probably not going to be Ritter. It's probably going to be Mariota. Yeah. Um, I think this is Ritter's job now. And then we talk about the weapons that Lee brought up. Bijan and Tyler Algier and Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Like these guys are young and they're top of their game. Like they're, they're top in their class. Kyle Pitts could be a easily a top three tight end if, if they would just throw him the football. Drake London looked Excellent last year. A good offensive line here. They run the ball at a really high rate for the NFL, so it should be able to open up some really easy play-action pass um, options for Desmond Ritter, so that could slow the game down a little bit for him. I don't necessarily think this guy has, like, top 12 potential. Um, I have him currently at quarterback 29. I have him way down there because, I mean, he can go out there. and lose his, lose his job, you know, at the end of this year. But I also wouldn't be surprised if we were having the same conversation next year and we're talking about Desmond Ritter as a top 20 quarterback uh, because he goes out and has success this year. So I, I like Desmond Ritter as a, as a sleeper quarterback in Dynasty this year. And that division's so wide open, too. I think it's going to motivate those guys in Atlanta. Kyle Pitts, I think that's an important piece to note, right? He was hurt in those games where we saw Ritter progress, and now he's coming back. He's gonna, you know, have a full off season with them again, where they're developing that connection. Um, yeah, I mean, they they really have invested in that offense. They're gonna give him his best chance to, to succeed. Now, <laughs> this is the year to do it. 
because next year there's going to be a lot of good quarterbacks coming out. So, yeah, that's that's exactly that's the the risk reward right now with Desmond Ritter, which is why he's low on the ranks, but also could be a sleeper. Like he is yep. really that risk reward type of player right now. All right, two more quarterbacks apiece. Let's talk about them. Let's talk about them kind of quickly. Maybe we get out of here within ninety minutes. Uh, we'll see how that works. We don't want to go too long, but I don't really need to talk about my rookie favorite. Um, everybody knows you are too low on Anthony Richardson. No matter where you're drafting him, you're drafting him too low. Draft him higher. He deserves <laughs> to be higher. He should be higher. In case you forgot, I'm all in on Anthony Richardson. He's my new Trey Lance this year, right? Uh I, I would take him at the back end of a of Superflex Dynasty, end of round one, take him there. Uh, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson are being drafted ahead of him. I don't want him. Give me the most athletic quarterback that player profile has ever seen come out of college in Anthony Richardson. I mean, I'm with you. You've you've convinced me. I was skeptical last year with Trey Lance, the, the hype on him. I definitely took flyers on him. <laughs> but this year, man, I'm with you 100% on Anthony Richardson. I think he is the clear-cut number one option as far as rookie quarterbacks go. Um, a lot of guys are doubting Bryce Young because of the size and, and all that stuff, but I feel like Houston's really setting him up for success, so I just wanted to highlight that that's my number two rookie guy. Like I'm not, I'm not as big on C.J. Stroud as I was going into the draft, especially now knowing what the Texans have done to invest in the situation for Bryce Young. So 100% a rich is your number one rookie guy. That's the guy you have to take if you're running with a rookie quarterback, but then look at Bryce Young right after. That's all I want to highlight with that. Absolutely. And I, I still have CJ Shroud over young, but I think those two guys are neck and neck and a coin flip. Dan, last one. Give us a buy low trade option at quarterback in Dynasty, a guy that you're willing to go get if it's at the right price. I'm going old faithful, my guy Kirk Cousins, man. I love talking to me some Kirk Cousins. I think with the weapons that he has, they just brought Jordan Addison in. They have um, obviously the best wide receiver in the league, Justin Jefferson as well as TJ Hawkinson, who took a huge step forward. If you're looking at getting Kirk Cousins for a late, like fourth round pick, or you, maybe you have a couple guys on your bench you want to flip for a QB because of injury, that's a guy that you need to look at. I do not think any team that has Kirk Cousins, unless they have like a stack with Jefferson or Hawkinson, you're not going to have much trouble pulling that quarterback from that team. So I love the potential for Kirk Cousins just to be like that number two guy on your team or maybe an injury fill-in if you need him. Uh, yeah, earlier Lee had asked about like that number two quarterback. Who do you need there? And if I'm in a startup Superflex League draft, I, I really like Kirk Cousins in the middle of the fourth. Like I, I would take him at the front of the fourth if that helped. And if I took Justin Jefferson, maybe I'd take him I guess what, if I took Justin Jefferson in mid-first for some reason, then I'm probably chilling out in the mid-fourth. So maybe I'm trying to take Kirk Cousins and just to stack him up there yeah. for a couple more years. But 
Yeah, I mean, with the weapons around him and the way this offense runs, he's not bad. I have him down at quarterback 20, but a lot of that has to do with age, right? He's 34 years old. Yeah, He's not a superstar. So he's not like an Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, who play into their 40s. So I don't, I don't expect Kirk Cousins to play into his 40s. I expect maybe a couple more good years, solid years. He's not going to be elite. He's not going to have a high ceiling. But, yeah, if you can get him just to – if you're a team that just needs a second or third quarterback, this is a, a old guy that's – like you said, old faithful, right? Like just yeah. <laughs> go, go get the points week in and week out. You know what you're going to get from him. It's going to be more than 20. It's going to be less than 25, but it's a safe bet. You just plug him in in the super flex and just let it ride. Yep. Let it ride. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with another young, I'm going with a young guy in Sam Howell for the Washington commanders. I don't, I've got this guy, man, what is, I've got him way down here too. I've got Sam Howell ranked right after Desmond Ritter, actually quarterback 30. So I'm digging deep into the well with some of these young guys over 3000 yards passing in all three seasons at North Carolina, his third season. One of the, one of the things that stand out to me, over 800 yards rushing. He's not necessarily going to be like a – he's not profiled to be this rushing quarterback, the, the guys that we talked about earlier. But it, it shows that he has the ability. His breakout age was 19, which is something we really like in quarterback prospects, letting them break out when they're freshmen, sophomore years. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, he's in the pros. He's going to have a chance this season to try to kind of kick off his career. Gets Eric Bieniemy there as the offensive coordinator. I know, I get it. I haven't really necessarily always been the biggest fan of being to me, but he's had a lot of success. He is a, a very sharp mind, and, and now he gets a young quarterback in Sam Howell there in Washington as the offense coordinator. This could be like this could be Bienemy's like baby essentially to to really leapfrog him into potential head coaching positions and gigs in the future. And Sam Howell is going to be the guy. Like he is the starting quarterback of the Washington Commanders this year. Taylor Heineke has moved on. Washington didn't draft anybody. He's going to get that chance this year. And so if you can just get him for pennies on the dollar, just throw him at the end of your bench. This isn't necessarily a guy that you're not, you're looking to play this year. But if you've got two to three solid quarterbacks, throw something cheap at, at, at Sam Howell and see if you can't put him on a taxi squad or put him at the end of your roster as your third or fourth quarterback, because I think he has some potential to be, you know, potent, you know, maybe up there in that top 20 conversation. And at that point you could, you have a choice. You can flip him for more than what you bought him for, or uh, you can ride him out and see what happens in the future. But, you know, get Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson and Terry McLaurin. Like there's some good pieces there in Washington too. Uh, that Sam Howell has a chance to to become something of, of a fantasy quarterback. Absolutely. No, plenty of weapons. I like that. Well, I think that's uh that's all we got. Dynasty QB edition for ADP, man. I'm I'm excited to do running backs next, which would be I mean it's a little bit harder to gauge that one, I think, for Dynasty, but um, but I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah, I mean, it's all about a lot about age. Yeah, 
like earlier when I said Chris McCaffrey is RB3, like I got so much hesitation because I'm like, oh man, I don't think I'm drafting him. I mean, like he's going to start up 28. He'll be 28. He's old. Yeah. <laughs> he is old. Uh, but yeah, I think he's 26, 27, 28, somewhere in there. So, yeah. but yeah, I'm excited to talk running backs. I think we try to hit all four of these um, in June and July. And then, Towards the end of July, we'll flip over and start talking redraft rankings as August kicks off kind of our redraft season. That Now you're uh, speaking my language. Get, get ready to rock and roll and, and get ready for draft season, man. That's uh, it's, it's really is right around the corner. And and I know we got to get out of here, but I, I'm pretty pumped for that. And we'll, we'll keep everybody updated, too, when Dan and I decide we're going to go every week. Uh, we're not to that point yet. We're still in the heart of the summertime and, and a lot going on between – uh, work and family life. So we'll keep going, you know, every other week, maybe every couple weeks, we will make sure to let you know. Uh, so make sure you follow us on, on the social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Trevor S underscore FF. I make sure to tweet out every time we're going to go live. So if you're just wanting to know when ADP, what Wednesday will be here, make sure you follow me. I will be live on Friday nights. The rumbles of red right here on the same YouTube channel doing Best ball drafts. I'm hoping the $4 Chihuahua doesn't fill too fast. I can do one of those this Friday night. And then also I started a new <laughs> series Friday morning, 7 a.m., biting early, where I just mm. talk sports. It's like a sports talk radio show essentially, but it's on YouTube, and you in the chat can uh, guide us where we want to go. We talked a lot about DeAndre Hopkins, a lot about Dalvin Cook the last couple weeks, talked some College World Series stuff. So – we just talk sports and anything that's in the news from that week. So join me on uh, Friday mornings at 7 a.m. for Bite and Early. Uh, and then, of course, as I said earlier, subscribe to the Bite Size Sports Network. Subscribe there and, and join all the shows. Join the chat. Enjoy it. Hit us up in the Discord. I'll throw the Discord chat in here real quick as Dan signs off. Hit us up in the Discord. Join it. We talk sports all day, every day. It seems like uh, it's a lot of fun. You just get to chat with the Bite Size guys and everybody else that's in the Discord, all of our viewers. So join that as well. I'll throw that in the chat while Dan gets us out of here. Oh, hang on. Yes, Dan, sure. right forward. Let's get this out of Lee from Lee. I have Baker, Herbert, and Ritter in Superflex. 12 wide receivers, two tight ends, the best running backs. 24 players in all, three on Taxi Squad. Baker and Herbert and Ritter. I, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm probably going to be trying. Now, we talked about Baker and Ritter mm. both as potentials yeah. today. But maybe I'm going to try to move one of those wide receivers. Dan, you and I love wide receivers, but 12 is a lot. Maybe I try to move one of them for a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on on who you got there, too. I think with Ritter, you might have some bargaining power just because he's younger in a dynasty league where you can maybe flip him and one of your receivers for someone that's a little bit more established. But you got to be happy with Herbert, at least, as your QB1, and putting those other two in the in the flex isn't going to be too bad. Yeah, and then Lee also says, when are we going to start our league? Uh, we are getting things ready to go. Um, still just trying to fill that. We have some bite-sized guys that need to get in there. Uh, but, yeah, we'll make sure. My hope is we do the draft on a Wednesday night so Dan and I can go live and we can kind of talk through our picks. It would be a long episode, but 
I think it would just be a lot of fun just to talk through the picks that we have. We'd have to do a fast draft, not a slow draft, but great content. So oh, yeah. I'm down for that. We will definitely keep you in the loop on our ADP Dynasty League. I'm throwing the Discord link in the chat. And, uh, Dan, it's all you. Take us home, my man. Yes, sir. Make sure you guys join that Discord because it's literally all sports people just, like, dying to talk about any sport you can imagine. So get in there. Talk it up with us. I mean, we, we're obviously putting content out. So um, it's always fun to get ideas from everybody, too. <laughs> so right. follow follow bite size on twitter at bite underscore size sports you can follow me on twitter at dan underscore tf40 as you can see down below i will be coming back next season with the fastest 40 so that's not going to be for a little while we're taking it easy this summer um really grinded last summer and all last season so taking a little bit of a step back but um looking forward to bite in the morning with you on Friday. I'm going to make it a point of emphasis to join on, on there for a little while before I get to work. So I'm uh, excited to join you for that uh, through the chat and whatnot. But yeah, appreciate everyone taking the time to join us again. We'll hit you with running backs here soon. Um, later. <laughs> I need to know everything. Who and what and where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you'd be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk. So I'm letting.